I love to connect. I, I think that is one of my superpowers is really just encouraging and cheering people on. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Karine Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to today's episode. I have my special guest, Kyle. Kyle is such an awesome, awesome human. He has helped a lot of people not only reconnect to themselves, but really get that opportunity to recharge in his Reaching Beyond experience that he launched as his own business um, almost about, I think, 18 months ago. Maybe he's on his two-year mark now. He and I met through a mutual friend, Chris Harder, and um, I was fortunate enough to coach Kyle to help him get that clarity on what it is that he wanted to put out into the world because he was going into transition of his life as a stay-at-home dad, a uh, recovering, I would say, overachiever in the business world that was in less of a fulfilling stance, which led him to become a stay-at-home dad and also uh, work with his wife to clear debt. Uh, I wanted him on the show in order to share with all of you some of the tips that he leverages in some of his money courses as well as you know just the stance you have to have in your life to make sure you're recharging in a way that you don't hit that wall of overwhelm or burnout especially in the churn that we've been in for this past year i felt it was really important for us to start talking about methods to ensure that you are stepping into arenas that fill you up in order to do more in the life that you truly want. So in today's conversation, we touch upon some of those tips. We obviously share Kyle's story and also really just reconnect on some of his questions with with one of the uh, goals he has to achieve in writing his first book. Um, He asked me some questions about that as well. So I know you're going to enjoy today's episode. Make sure to let us know you're listening and uh, really love hearing any questions you have. But also, I'm always here to cheer you on and walk alongside you on your journey. Let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome, Kyle, to today's show. So happy to have you. I am happy to be here. Kareen, thanks for having me. Oh, you know, our conversations, I was fortunate that we were introduced by um, Chris Harder now. I think mm-hmm. it's almost, is it almost like two years? I mean, last year two was such years. a time roar, fam. Like, yep. I can't even. But yep. what I love, what I love about seeing where you are today and also the dialogue that we are able to keep up with and how I want to um, share you with listeners today, I'm just real excited to have you on the show. And before we, Jump into things um, in the topic around you know our life choices and money management and just finding that what you call work life rhythm. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to share with my listeners some of your badass journey to date and sure. and how you came to the point of building and running the reaching beyond experience, um, but also just in general, so they get a sure. picture of who you are. 
Okay, sounds good. So I'm from a small town southeast Wisconsin, and that's kind of my where I grew up, was born, stayed there for a long time. My parents, very blue collar. My dad's a carpenter, and he still is a carpenter today. He turns 72 in June of this year, and that's when he's going to hang it up. So he's been 50-ish years as a carpenter. So that's what I was, that's what I saw as a as a young child was a dad who worked super hard. My mom worked part-time ultra uh, involved in all the activities that I did. I have an older brother and a younger brother. And being from a small town, we did all sports. We did all extracurriculars. And so that was just something that I thought everyone did. I loved it and really enjoyed it. Was a mediocre athlete at everything that I did, but at a small school that's slightly above average then. So um, (laughs) I I loved it. We had a great time. And then I uh, went to UW-Green Bay, got a business administration undergrad. And then I started working in travel wholesale in Milwaukee. And then for a couple of years, did that, loved it. And that's when my love of travel really started to catch on. I enjoyed traveling. And then I moved up to Minneapolis 2005. I worked for Target headquarters. And this is where I started to really get caught up in what we all refer to as the rat race. I was chasing the success carrot, climbing the ladder. The carrot kept moving you know, defining success as, you know, how much the paycheck was, the bonus, the title, the office, which would allow me to buy the cars and the ho- all these things, right? Yeah. But I got really caught up into it. And um, and then I started to go back into hospitality. I worked for the company that owns Radisson. So now I'm traveling to Aruba, St. Martin, all these great things. He sent me to Singapore and I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. And, and then I got married, but um, traveling once a week, uh, as a newly married man, it just wasn't wasn't the uh, wasn't the husband I wanted to be being gone that long. So I left that job. I got into video game distribution. So I'll speed it up to about 2015, where I really hit this point of burnout in my professional career. Mid 30s at that time, I think it's kind of common 10, 12 years maybe into a career. But the problem was is I had the success that I thought success was defined as, but it felt really empty and I was really lost and confused as to who I was because I was not enjoying my life, professionally speaking. But as anyone knows and they're burned out, that same energy gets transferred into all categories of your life. So relationships were not very good. My health was not very good. And so it affected all categories of life, but I was stuck. And um, through a process of trying to connect the dots, like, what am I good at? What do I think I'm talented at? What's my story? I've come to find out, or I came to find out that I really enjoyed teaching and uncovering the process of learning for people. So I swung the pendulum all the way over to the side and I became a traditional high school business teacher. I was teaching business. Personal finance was one of the topics. And here's where the story gets interesting is I'm teaching high school students all of these personal finance ways of, of, uh, of doing things, which led me and my wife to living our life, uh, which was paycheck to paycheck and broke. But on the surface, everything looked fine. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, why am I teaching these students this? If, if this is what I'm living and we're so unhappy and broke and I found Dave Ramsey's curriculum and program. It's a common personal finance teacher. And uh, we did his program. We paid off uh, a bunch of money in a relatively short period of time. And uh, all through that journey, I actually, I was, I like to say I was promoted to being a stay-at-home dad. And I say that because I was given such a gift to spend time with my son that I know that a lot of other parents or fathers may not have that same gift. So 
loved it, enjoyed it. And I really started to share this message of how to get out of debt, how to fix your money mindset, the, the money blueprint you have, how to change that, all those things. And then when you and I connected two years ago, we started to design this thing called the Reaching Beyond Experience, which for me was, I'm not the only one who's burned out professionally. And I know others are as well. And they maybe feel stuck in that. So how do I help? So I just, I, I found this great resort on the North Shore of Minnesota. I reserved 10 rooms and I just promoted it to my network. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, 10 people showed up. They were all guys though. Um, and it's just kind of snowballed since then. And, yeah. and we can get into that later. But that's kind of how that started. So I do that now in tandem with teaching money mindset and debt elimination strategy. That's amazing. You know, um, even knowing where you had started two years ago when we connected and know, seeing the trajectory yeah. since then and the impact that it's had because you... You basically were really sitting in a need you felt for yourself, which was to connect to others, but then also wanting to monetize it to allow for the best experiences to show up, you know, in yeah. it all. Um, yeah. I do yeah. want to go back a little bit on the on the learnings of the money principles that allowed you, like, a you were an educator, so for you to disseminate information to give practical knowledge to others so that they could take it forward, mm-hmm. I know is one of your like guiding principles and how you show up in life. Um, yep. It's also I, what makes you an amazing father and witnessing your exchange with your son is really cool too. And I love that you said you got promoted to being mm-hmm. a stay-at-home dad because yeah. I, I believe that it is um, one of the best gifts when you can have time with family, but also that influence and that connection. And the pandemic year that we had in forcing, everyone was kind of forced to be home. Mm -hmm. Not everybody was prepared for all of that demand, you know? And, And I also have been seeing a lot of struggle in the unemployment rate going up, but then the, the group of people who really were focused on online earnings, like how to digitally connect to then earn um, there's now this like whole new money language to even consider what choices we have. Like what it shows mm-hmm. for me is that there are so many choices. But I'm curious if you have like a baseline principle that you learned for yourself first that helped you become debt free, mm-hmm. that then allowed you the freedom to start to choose as money was coming in after that point what to do with it, just so that we can help people maybe walk away with some practical knowledge today around the money management side that has allowed this flexibility for you. Yes. Okay. So uh, I love to teach. So I can kind of, I can kind of get geeky about this. So geek on, man. Geek on. (laughs) I think sometimes, I think oftentimes we overcomplicate money and it's quite simple. You've got money coming in and you've got money going out. And so a lot of the financial gurus out there I mentioned Dave Ramsey. He does a tremendous job of helping people cut expenses. Mm. I think that's half the equation. If anyone is a sports uh, person, that's like playing good defense, right? I'm going to manage the money that I've been given. The other half of the equation is playing good offense. Mm. So if you can put the two together, increase my income, which is offense, decrease my expenses, which is defense, all you're really doing is increasing the gap that you have in your budget, which allows you 
to then use that money. And if you're in, if you're in the space, in the, the season of paying off debt, you can get about that business so much faster mm-hmm. when you've got an increased gap. And so people hear that and they're like, yeah, but you know, I, I can't just start a business. Look, I, I have a friend that during the pandemic, he started doing, um, what, what is it? Instacart. Mm. And he was making a thousand dollars a week, a week, just doing 10 to 12 hours at his free time at night. And I'm like, wow, I'll just be resourceful and just be thinking about where, where can I step in? What are the skills that I have? And, but more importantly, where's there a really big need? And during the pandemic, as it started, he was just crushing it. And he got out of debt so quick because he just asked those few questions. You and I have mutual friends in Robin Kim Murgatroyd, where they play this game called Stupid Idea Time. Yeah. Yep. How can I just be creative and give myself the permission to think about how can I increase my income right now? Yeah. I think it, it's important um, to understand the resourcefulness mm-hmm. that is required to generate the, the income coming in, yep. but also the diligence and the discipline around the expense side, right? Mm-hmm. Like be, when you were sharing your journey and it, it was so familiar to me because I had the similar one where it was like, you know, chase the game that has been written for us versus yep. create the game we want to play in. Yes. And that chase of like, go get the degree, you know, go get that job, make this certain amount, like buy these certain things, go live in this neighborhood, travel to these places where it's all this outside construct and input that's given to us to step into that, again, we all go through um, that, almost like that midlife crisis of sorts that I would call it like the mid-career crisis because you're then questioning, all right, I figured out how to do all these things. I can follow suit. I can make things happen and I can achieve it for myself. But does it fill me up? Right. And And do I want to do it for 20 more years? Yeah. (laughs) Or is it even possible anymore to even think that you could do the same thing for a 20-year stretch? Like when you share your story about your father going into retirement, just finishing his carpentry career. And then I instantly had the visual of him never really ending that. He'll probably end it for money, but his carpentry is his soul. Like he, he will show up in it regardless. I could totally see him showing Mm -hmm. your son like how to use the tools and go make something because it's so creative and fulfilling. Right. Yes. In our career life though, because we're, we're brought up under constructs that we are testing our own limits within and then we have to ask that question. And my listeners know because I talk about fulfillment all the time. It's like, well, what truly fills us up? And when I was going through my initial shift from corporate into, um, let's call it self-employment, because that was the first stint I did, was like, could I even just work for myself? Mm-hmm. My motto was minimal effort, maximum reward in order to create um, that resourcefulness you were just talking about. Where it was like, how can I... How can I leverage what I've done already and just maximize my time in it and, and maximize the earning for that time? You know? And yeah. I found that being self-employed, I can make twice as much and manage my own cash flow a certain way, as well as my as well as my expenses. I made sure that my household needs were always a fourth of what I was earning so mm-hmm. that I always had this really nice margin to play with yep. to create the experiences that I wanted yeah. in life. Yeah, I Which like that. It sounds like that for you. Tell me about yes. that moment though when you were like debt-free and you guys accomplished that together. Because that was a joint thing with you and your wife 
And I think that's also important. Relationships and money is like, it's a whole nother learning skill. (laughs) It's it's the number one question I get asked is how do I get my spouse on board with finances? Yeah, you're right. It it was emotional. I mean, for the last several months uh, of paying off our mortgage, Cal, my son Cal and I would go to the bank actually and drop off the check. And as we, you know, we're counting down the months to it, the last last check that we did, my wife, my son, and I all went and, and we paid off the mortgage and we just sat in the lobby and we just got emotional and started crying. It's like, it just felt like $380,000 off of our shoulders, but it isn't so much that, but it's it's what it allows us to now do. Yeah. And it allows us to have more flexibility in me launching these different business offerings that I have. It allows us to go to Scottsdale for the month and avoid the deep freeze of Minnesota. So it's more of like, what does it allow us to do that got really emotional for us? And you realize the heavy, the heaviness and the weight and the burden of some of that debt. Yeah. And also just the um, capabilities, like what happens when you actually pay off a mortgage and own a property yeah. The leverage that that gives you also to invest in other things with yeah. your cash flow, but also now that credit, like yeah. it gives you a credibility in the lending space. Yeah. Um, also, when you're able to fulfill something like that too, and people don't yeah. don't realize that too. You know, a lot of people go into credit card debt that don't understand that to buy the thing you want now and pay for it with compounded interest over time for the one hit wonder of using it in the moment, you know, um, it's, yeah. a, it's really created a, a major financial crisis for a lot of people. Yeah. Did you have to deal with any of that type of debt as well? Or do you have any tips around just, you know, cash flow management and also leveraging credit when it's available to you? Yeah. Um, what did I want to say? So we, I love the snowball method, but here, here's, and, and anyone can just, you could just Google snowball and you'll find it. But essentially you just line up all of your debts, all of your consumer debts, and whichever one has the smallest monthly payment, you throw everything you've got at that one and you just mm-hmm. knock that out, take that amount. And now it gets bigger and you add it to the next one. It gets bigger and you can see the snowball grow and grow. But here, here's what, here's the trick. This is what people get caught up on, Karina. I think this is important to share. There's a lot of different ways to pay off debt. There's a lot of methods. There's a lot of how-tos. But as you and I both know, what whatever you decide to stick with and be consistent with will work. The plan works if you work the plan consistently. So we chose the snowball method. That's great. There's another one called the avalanche which I'm not, I think you pay the highest interest rate. I don't really even know, but I, and there's people that attack this. You just this need a all, method though. You just like need you a need, method. You need and, to be conscious around. Stay with it. Yeah, yeah that's it. Just stick be with consistent. It. That's yeah. all there is. Like there isn't, there's not a lot of sexiness to this. It really just was every single month. We had a goal as to how much we wanted to pay off. We accomplished said goal and we just rinsed and repeated for 38 months. Yeah. And we're done. Like that was it. That was it. That's beautiful. What is one thing that you learned most about yourself going through your financial journey? Let's call it that. So so much. Um, The the (laughs) thing that kind of comes to mind, and I wanted to mention this earlier, is when my wife and I are working together, when we are moving in the same direction, we are capable of really powerful, strong things. 
And that built so much belief in each other, respect for each other. Um, and now we've we've got more goals that we're going to hit and we're going to hit them because we've now practiced working on a goal together and we accomplished it. And I just, I think that's so important to share. If anyone's listening, they've got a significant other, spouse, partner, whatever. When you accomplish goals together, it's so important. It's not just about achieving the goal. I, I developed so much respect for my wife because in a lot of instances, I mean, I was the one who was staying home with Cal. That was a sacrifice. My wife was the one out there working. That was a sacrifice. So we both were making sacrifices. And so what I've really learned is that, I mean, my wife is freaking awesome and she's mm-hmm. incredible. And I've I already had respect for her, but now I just respect her so much more. And I know that when we combine our, our heads, uh, we're really capable of some powerful things. Yeah, it's very powerful together. And I think... Um, Feeling the self empowerment, right? The the how you show up in it individually, and getting clear on that, and then articulating yeah. that to our partners and creating space for them to articulate it back to you mm-hmm. is um, such a it's just such a gifted moment. You know, not everyone has yet to experience that because maybe they they still have work to do themselves. Like mm-hmm. I always try to encourage people. The problems you see in other people are probably problems you have to face yourself. Like when, yes. if you're getting triggered by someone else's <laughs> response to something, it's because yeah. you need to go work yeah. on that thing. Like, that, you know, and mm-hmm. so when you can actually go through some of the harder, more challenging, disciplined moments together and continue to grow and learn together, I mean, it's just a, such a beautiful connection. So I love that that's a a main takeaway and consistent investment back into your relationship is yeah. that not only identification of the power you both have, but you've you've tested what it feels like when someone pulls back and someone else drives forward and and yeah. that ebb and flow uh, or rhythm as you call yeah. it as well, yes. which is so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Let's uh, let's define for everyone what work life rhythm means to you. I love this topic. I mean, I love the money topic too, but this one just is so fun for me. You know, I, I think rhythm is identifying the, the seasons or periods of intense focus work because we have that, right? We're in America. That's uh, We work. Um, yeah. But that has to be followed up with a period of, re- uh, of uh, recharging, kind of rebalancing, plugging in your batteries. And when you understand how to identify those periods and strategically place your recharging after them, you're able to sustain high levels of performance. I think what we see a lot of times is people kind of hold their breath for the entire year and they go down to maybe a Mexico all-inclusive and they exhale and that looks like overindulging on food and drink. Yeah. Or, or illness. illness yeah. shows up too. Yes. And they shut down like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't think that that's, uh, I don't think that's the best way to do it. I've, I found that, okay, I know I'm in a current sprint right now. I've got a course that's coming up. I want to write a book. So that requires a little bit more from me. Number one, I've got to communicate that to my wife so that she knows and she supports. Um, and then number two, like I've got to say no to more things than I probably would have before. I've got boundaries and containers. Um, and then after that, we've got something that's placed where my wife knows like, hey, we are now going to recharge. We are going to plug in together. And that's the rhythm and the season that I want to utilize in my life and in my family's life. And I think that's it's served us well so far because I've been very focused on work-life balance for a long time. And that's so 
it's antiquated. Literally, yes. the, the term comes from eight hours of work, eight hours of recreation, eight hours of rest. I'm like, okay, that was from the early 1800s. It, it right. Just and there's no work real balance any- even in that model. Like, <laughs> no. to me, balance is always a trade off. I always use yes. like the old school scale, and it's like, oh, you got to take off some things here for the yeah. other one to rise up. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's got to be yeah. integrative. And, and yeah. I love your word in rhythm because it, yes, it's like an ebb and flow energetic charge and mm-hmm. the refueling yeah. and the ability to to push forward. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, the best way that I can share this, and I used to be really into weight training, strength training, still yeah. am, but just not quite as much. But everyone understands that when we strength train and we lift weights, we're actually breaking down our muscles. Yeah. But our muscles don't grow until we rest, recharge, recover, refuel. That's when they grow. I'm like, well, yeah. conceptually, can we not? The same thing works in the rest of life. So that's just what I've found to to work really well for me, and that's something that I've been sharing, and that's the experiences that I create around. And yeah, I, lo- I love the concept of rhythm. Yeah, and and it's really great because you can feel the energy by just saying that word. That yeah. um, there's a there's something you're doing to also receive. Like yeah. it has a nice reciprocity to it when you're yes. when you think about the word rhythm. So I really yeah. like that. Yeah, I think it's um, and then finding in uh, rhythm between all that you're interacting with in that moment, what the needs are right now, how to ex- how to plan for or just and it wasn't even it didn't even come off as a plan. It was more of a um, this is going to be the time for refueling. Mm-hmm. Like it's just now a given yeah. when you're when you're in flow like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that you need you do you have practices in place today like in your daily practice that also yes. helps you stay in rhythm because I know that the the construct even like you said is antiquated 888 but also the fact that like this system of employment and hard work here in the US is based on work hard until you can take your vacation and then if you think about all these people who are um still in in corporate environments where they have been so overextended because of what's happened in the pandemic, especially if they were essential workers, et cetera, where they're not getting any time off. It's it's really life. It breaks your life, really. You know? And so I'm curious what practices you have in place for daily um, rhythmic moves. Yeah, I, I think there's a I think you need a macro and a micro strategy. And so you're talking about the micro. So with inside the day. Like most people, and, and I'm there's so many people that talk about a morning routine. I have one as well, but I'm I'm really introverted. I mean, that probably doesn't surprise you. You know me well enough, mm. and so how I need to recharge might look really different than someone else. And so yeah. I think we also need to give ourselves the permission to explore what does recharging look like. So for me, being where we are now up in the Northwoods of Minnesota, I love being outside. I can smell the evergreens and the pines. I walk the dog and I just spend time outside. So I do that at least once a day, probably twice. I found that, and I think you believe in this too, is, is just moving your body, mm-hmm. changing. Like if I've got maybe a two hour time chunk where I'm working, I'll go for about 45, 50 minutes. I've got to get up, get my eyeballs off of a screen and walk yeah. around and try to change my energy and then come back to it. And I have to be really careful what work I place when. So depending on what I need to do, like at the end of the day, you know, I've got a wife and I've got a four-year-old who my four-year-old never stops. So at the end of the day, my battery is drained a bit. So I've got to be careful what work is done at the end of the day. 
it really can't and shouldn't be creative work because I'm kind of tapped creatively speaking at the end of the day. So I have to understand like, how do I best recharge? How do I structure my day? So I'm utilizing my energy appropriately inside that day. Yeah, I think that's such a great framework for our listeners to to absorb and observe, right, for themselves. Like when when are you rhythmically ready Mm -hmm. um, for what it is that you're trying to actually extend in your day, extend yourself out towards, and what do you need in the receiving standpoint for yourself? Um, I myself have also my daily rituals that... I have to have my mornings to myself and I am uh, I mean people think I'm an extrovert too and I would I I am an introvert as well I like intimate and deep if I'm going to spend time or I could talk on a stage to thousands but then yeah. I I'm out of there you know like it's like I'll <laughs> yeah. shake some hands and thank you thank you but like for my yeah. energy to be refueled I need my me time to recharge yeah. to then go about back out there and do it again I think it's a really great awareness for us to um, leave people with is to really think about like what works best for you at what time. And even if you feel, and I always love to give people this permission because I find that permissioning is the one thing, especially if you're feeling that stuckness towards burnout, right? Is to just make it um, at least smaller, like five minutes. Like yeah. don't don't think it has to be. I have to dedicate this amount of time, these hours, for it to feel right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be as simple as just closing your eyes, taking three deep breaths, yeah. and just giving yourself that space. And that takes less than a minute yeah. to do, but you are fueling yourself in order to go after what it is, and and your intention then towards what you go after is much clearer um, to to fo- follow through. You know? Yeah, you could almost just grab a white piece of paper and write down, answer the question, how do I best recharge? And yeah. then write down anything from, it could be 10 seconds up to a longer uh, um, exercise or some sort of activity or movement or something. But then you've got your list of, okay, off the shelf, what do I what do I need right now? I've got like 15 minutes or I've got an hour. What could I do for an hour? But I think Ultimately, when you talk about rhythm and and we have self-care, I think what's most important is if you're not doing work you love that lights you up, that's in alignment with who you are, you're going to have a really hard time finding the rhythm. So I think that and you're great at this, Kareen, but, but helping people identify like what's in alignment with me? What do I what am I good at? How do I use those gifts and those talents? And then do work that matters. Like if that's not the bedrock all the things that we're talking about might might help that might but it's just going to mask the problem you've got to address the root problem which is the work that we did a couple of years yep. ago and, yep. and was on a, a several years in the making but that's the number one thing you have to address first yeah i love that cuz i mean my show and my presence and i guess my mission in life is to help people align what they love with what they do mm-hmm. every right, so i love that you just said that but it's it is giving yourself the space and also yep. the dialogue sometimes to just get it out. Like, yes. as opposed to the have to list, you know, it's like, what's, what do I desire? Like, what yeah. is, when I have that innate voice talking to me saying, what about this? What about this? And it's just like whispering, hey, remember me? Like, this is what, remember? Like, this yeah. is what it is. But you, you're leaning too hard into the have tos. Yeah. And the shoulds, like I should do it. That energy for me is so triggering. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you. And I love when I can help people have those breakthrough moments yeah. of, okay, but where'd you learn that you should or you have to do that? You know, yeah. 
that it has to be you. Because I love delegation or just stopping it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't fit anymore. Yep. So that's a really great point. And I do think that there's so much value in, in that clarity. But like what you did was you invested in yourself mm-hmm. to make sure that whatever path you're moving forward on is something that has that clarity with it. And then the actions follow, yep. which is really great. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so um, tell our listeners too about your um, group experiences now. So the Reaching Beyond Experience, and I know you you bring amazing men together. And I think it's still just for men right now or like yeah. what's the plan there? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's still for men. So, and it, that was not by design, like I'd mentioned earlier. I just yeah. had 10 people show up the first one. And what was apparent and obvious to me was that there isn't really a good or there's not a lot of containers for men to just be like, this is what's going on in my life. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, oh, wow, I've got to, I have to keep doing this. Um, yeah. So so that's what came out of it. Still for men, I, I do foresee in the future, it, it will be uh, it will be mixed and or couples. So, sure. um, I, but for but for now it's, it's men and, you know, being a teacher, being a teacher at heart, loving the process of uncovering learning for people, the best way that I can do that is if I can get them out of their office, out of their day-to-day, out of their house, out of their comfort zone. And that's where the real magic happens. Because the last one, for example, in, in October, I had guys pit a NASCAR. Like they actually got to pit a race car. Yeah. So I could I could go in front of these 12 guys and say, let's talk about teamwork and communication, right? And everyone's going to be like, okay. But I could throw them into an environment where no one's good at it. So we immediately need to drop the wall and say, okay, I suck at this. I'm going to be vulnerable and just step into it. And then once they experience it, hey, let's talk about what you learned about teamwork there. And then how do you implement this in your business? And that to me, like, that's how we learn. I think we learn by doing, we learn by experiencing. We don't learn by someone just kind of lecturing to us. And it gives me a way to, to introduce exciting new experiences to people have people kind of mastermind and network in a really unique and fun way, celebrate themselves, have a a tribe that will cheer them on and hold them accountable. And so it's kind of a combination of of all those things because I've been to a lot of personal growth conferences and leadership ones in my corporate days. And we sit in a, you know, a conference room. Yeah, Yeah, you've talked that and you're in a round table and and everyone's got the same pen and, uh, you know, Marriott uh, notepad and there's no windows in the room. I'm like, I'm not I'm not inspired by this. And so if I'm not feeling inspired, you know, I'm not going to have a lot of insights and I can't be the only one that thinks this way. Yeah. So and just being being male, I I know that inside the heart of, of men is adventure and getting outside and being in nature. So I think all those things that when I when I can bring them together. And bring like-minded men. Um, there's just a lot of magic that happens, and it's been incredible so far. Yeah, I, I, I remember when you were designing it, and the need you had, even just for yourself, being a stay-at-home dad, running your own businesses, and then and needing that connection. And now, yeah. because we're all so remote, uh, I think men need it now more than ever to feel. Because yeah. us as women, you know, in our energy, we have that like. I have so many uh, groups of all my female friends and we're constantly checking in and we're like FaceTiming each other or we're just sending each other crazy, you know, emojis just to like know that we're all there. I don't know that that happens for men. Like you're, it's, it's, it's such a different energy that you, and a lot of men actually need to be invited. 
Yes. <laughs> why? Which is why you, you, your group, your first group got filled up so quickly. I remember celebrating every single one you yeah. had um, with that first one, but it makes so much sense that it, be, it has become a really solid men's group for you because to start, because that's also what you were, you were craving. I needed and, it. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so that's so beautiful. And you're such an awesome facilitator and educator and Thank all you. the other great accolades. But men really do need this and um, and continuing to invite them into it. So uh, as you are one of my male listeners, make sure you know you connect with Kyle and and check out the Reaching Beyond experience that he offers because it's so... You need it. Like if mm-hmm. someone hasn't told you you need it, if your loved ones aren't <laughs> telling you you need it, you need it. I'm telling you yeah. right now. <laughs> because yeah. when you come back from... Uh, that type of experience of connection with other men and where you can go into a safe space where judgment is left at the door, like you will thrive so much further when you come back into your daily reality and you'll be giving so much more of your gifts to everybody in your world when you can take your time out to do that. And there's the rhythm. Yes, That is a beautiful rhythm. I yeah. love that. My heart's beating for it, you know, and I know other <laughs> others need it too. So that's so yeah. great. Thank you. So let people know, Kyle, the best way for them to connect with you, learn more about you. The best way is Instagram, um, Kyle underscore Depius. It's a tough one probably to spell and look at and, and think about how do I say that? Um, so that's probably the best way. I'm also on Facebook. I've got a website podcasts as well. But I, the, the easiest... And I love to connect. I, I think that is one of my superpowers is really just encouraging and cheering people on. So whether it's a question on uh, on debt or debt elimination or money mindset or work-life rhythm, I I love to get DMs. So Instagram is the best way to do that. I love that. And we'll definitely put all that in our show notes so that folks can connect with you. And as a, a thank you for being on my show, I always love to give my guests time um, as well as an opportunity for me to support you in something going on with you. So is there anything that you would like to ask or or talk through that I can support you on today to thank you for being yes. on the show? Yeah, I'm going to turn my hat on the Uh-oh, other way now. Oh, he's getting so serious, can, y'all. You so can't can see him. I, I better shift too. I'm ready. Ready to Moving catch around. this ball. What are, you, what are you throwing at me? All right, Kareen. <laughs> so I, I will be writing a book. That's my, that's my next thing. It is the book on this topic of rhythm, not balance. Yes. And so my question for you, because I know you've written books. Yeah. And you, th- how much of this should be done and how do I do this? Thinking with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. So my story along with your story is, is burnout. Mm-hmm. And so I think is writing the book or, or how do I write the book with the end in mind of I believe that there is a space for me to enter into corporate America uh, and talk about corporate culture and how to help your employees avoid burnout by understanding rhythm. How do I best do that? Thinking the end in mind and writing a book. I love that. Um, so the cool thing is, is that you have methods already that you've leveraged. Mm-hmm. And what I think is um, more of the guiding force for what you're trying to accomplish is to lean more into the getting into in rhythm versus avoiding burnout. Mm-hmm. So people don't ever want to admit, you know this, you were on the burnout track. You didn't call it burnout until you were after it. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you won't be able to engage the audience that you're trying to engage. And you'll also, I feel like it's going to be constricting for you mm-hmm. to focus on that as an end result versus wanting to get everybody in rhythm daily. 
like having that as the guiding theme of the thread throughout your book, um, but also using burnout stories to show when it's not in rhythm, this is what happens, you know, mm. and and really displaying like if the what is the the repercussion if they don't get into rhythm, if they're not in work life rhythm, what then you're you're kind of it's a very then easy flow of case studies, your own example, people you've worked with in your in your group, um, and and had experiences shifting them into rhythm. If it's it doesn't always have to be hitting the wall to figure that out, and you're trying to catch people before they hit that wall, mm. but they will never call it that. You know, like burnout yeah. is not defined until you're burnt. Like it's yeah. it's just that's it. And and unfortunately, that's not what people are looking for. They're looking for how can I optimize today, feel my best doing it making sure that I'm not a raging douchebag when I show mm-hmm. up to everything, like whatever mm-hmm. that is, or attract the right relationship, have deeper conversations with my kids. Like think about the value of your methodology and what you're trying to get in the door with. And then I would use that terminology of when it's not happening, what happens as the identifiers, but not your true what's the word, like essence or ethos around the book. Yeah, I see what you mean. You mean? Can I ask a follow-up? Of course. Can we just keep going? This is so much I know, fun. I, I haven't know. talked to you in so Let's long. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so when you, uh, writing your books, um, yes. avatars, did you have a profile and mm. did you have multiple profiles for those books? Because that might lead into this question I asked before too. Totally. Um, so lesson learned on the first book. Um, I would say I was my never wrote a book before, didn't know what the heck I was doing. It was like a year process and di- didn't have a framework at all. So mm-hmm. um, so in that one, I would say the avatar for the end of that was uh, was more about me wanting to help others avoid certain things happening to them by leveraging the methods that the lessons learned that like helped me propel forward. Yeah. So, you know, that's why it's it's got six habits to uplevel your life. And it was the end result. But I'll tell you that I wrote a really crappy book of about 300 pages <laughs> that um <laughs> that I that I when I got through my first editing draft of that book and I was reading it myself, I was like, who gives an F? Like yeah. literally, as I'm reading my own freaking yeah. book, I was like, "No one cares, Kareen. Do not go any further with this version." But yeah. what it gave me was the clarity of, okay, if I'm not excited about it, then why would a reader be excited about it? So at that time, for yep. that first book, I was like my client, I guess. Like I was the avatar. Like, would I want to read it? Mm-hmm. Because I, I was still very much in the um, figuring it out what kind of book I wanted to write. What I love about the framework that you have and the impact you've already have is similar to like my second book. So my second book was very poignant. It was it was about how do I attract leaders into my ethos, into my ecosystem to really leverage not only the the skills and tools and methods I have to build high um, highly collaborative and interactive leadership teams because I believe in the ripple effect of leaders mm-hmm. that we don't have enough of those conversations anymore. So I had a true avatar for that book 
And then everything that I chose to share, I saw them in everything I came together content-wise. And that book was written in two months because it was that clear to me. And it's a, my books are like handbooks. Like I am someone. Uh, if I want to read, I'm not a fiction writer. I'm not a. I'm. I can tell a stories around things that have actually happened. Fictional stories for me, not my game. And so I, I found that when I was super clear on the avatar, the methods that I have, I did. I realized I was doing it over and over and over again. The book just like flew out of me. And I had started October and I was already published, self-published by January. So when you have that clarity and you have it in you because Mm -hmm. you know the framework, you've tested the framework, you know the methodology, it's then figuring out the flow and the case studies to put in there um, and the attraction that you're you're wanting for that uh, credibility that it gives you, but also to then do the speaking circuit game if that's what you want or... Or just have something to give somebody. Like I wrote both books. Is like this is something for you to have. You know, like if it helps you in any way, fantastic. Um, but it was a really great exchange of these are the baseline foundational learnings of how to work with me. Yeah. Um, is how I did that. Okay, so you're saying I should write a book in order to write the book. <laughs> Right. A book first yeah. <laughs> to get to the book. So what I did was because I didn't even think, Kyle, that I was a writer at all. And I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was I was judged heavily as a child because mm. English was not my first language in the school system that I was like less than. I wasn't a good reader yeah. and I wasn't a good writer. That was a constant story that I had to battle you know, through my childhood. So when it came to the goal, the stretch goal for me to write a freaking book, and I guarantee there are still typos in my book, you know, like, (laughs) of course I'm not, because I'm not a perfectionist, right? It's about you getting the impact. That's what I care about. It was, um, I challenged myself to just simply write for 10 minutes a day. And for the first half of that year, for the first book, It was like, just get it down on paper, whatever that thought is, whatever comes to mind. And it gave me then like a catalog of information Mm -hmm. in a really crappy formatted way, (laughs) you know, that turned into what I ended up scrapping. But I pulled distinct things out of it to then write the book. So whatever your your method is, just just, if you're going to be a writer, like and write a book, just just do the writing. Yeah. The book will come, yeah. you know, and, and you'll see it very clearly once it's all together for you. Yeah, I think I'm similar to you. There will be typos. I mean, I noticed you put an extra E in your first name. So I, there's a lot of typos. in. <laughs> <laughs> that was my mother's fault. Your mom, come on, mom. I mean, <laughs> come on, mom. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, no, that's, that's helpful. I mean, I've, I'll, I'll be starting the process of it. So that gives me a lot to, to go with. So I, yeah. I appreciate Jam. And I think a listener, there's, there's got to be a listener oh, hell out yeah. there who's like, I want to write a book. So they're going to get a lot of value from us they, going back and forth there. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it is, it is of course, my thank you for being on the show. But I, mm-hmm. I you know me and the, one of my gifting is problem solving or helping yeah. someone get further faster. So... Yeah. Anytime. And as you're going through the writing process, just feel free to reach out to yeah. and be like, hey, I'm stuck here. Or would you do this that way? Because it is, um, we, we overwhelm ourselves with the end result. We forget to yeah. just start doing. And that's the same thing about the rhythm you're talking about. Mm. So now you're just going to be adding writing into your rhythmic day yeah. 
and and eventually an end result of something tangible to hand someone else will come out of it. Yeah. But totally enjoy the process because um, it doesn't matter if you're not enjoying it. <laughs> like right. you know, no one yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter. And yeah. anybody who takes anything from us, whether it's our podcast episode, your podcast, like I love being interviewed on your show too. They're everyone's going to take away what they need. This process, when you're producing your own content, it's really about what is it that you want to relay. And I'll tell you too that the editing process refines it all. So mm. don't worry about being a little bit muddy up front. Yeah. And yeah. mess, feel messy because your editor you, will come in and help you groom it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't think I'll have three hundred pages, but if I do, we can help refine it. And it doesn't it, need so. to be. Yeah, my yeah. books ended up being like less a hundred. One, the first one's like a hundred and thirteen, and small print, like small. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you will you will figure out the the volume yeah. of it all, um, yeah. and the format and the design. And I have I a great wait. book cover designer if you need one too. I will. Yeah, I'll ask you. yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's just so great though, because it is a it is a good topic and creativity, and so many people have gone through so much too in this last in their lives in this journey. But this last year, I think, helped people face what they want to provide in the world. That I'm sure there's someone listening that's like, "Hey, maybe I should write a book." So I love Let's that that it. was your question. No Let's one has asked together. me that yet, so yeah. that was beautiful. That was cool. beautiful. Good. Well, thanks for being on the show, Kyle. And thank you listeners for joining us today. Of course, we want to hear from you. So do not hesitate to let us know your takeaways or your feedback or any follow-up question that I can help answer on the show. And um, I will see you in the next episode. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you. Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact. Most of all, I would love for you to share this with your community. It means so much to me to have you as a listener and I would love to connect with you. So if you have any questions you would like me to answer on this show, go ahead and email hello at kareenwalsh.com and my team will make sure that I get your questions so we can get them answered on the show for you. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode. 